Welcome to Pivot Point of View. This is Becky Pearson, and the goal of this podcast is to bring you health and wellness tips for you and the horse you rode in on. Hey, Farley. Are you there? Here you are. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good. What have you been up to today? You're on spring break, right? Oh, it is spring break. Um, got my horses rode, and then... Uh, Tiny human showed up, my nephew, oh. <laughs> um, this uh, tonight. So he's sixteen months. So, oh, um, so lots of fun. fun. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's been a good week. I've just been getting stuff done and gotten some podcasts recorded and got my desk finally cleaned off. I'm not in my bed with a hat box. <laughs> so yeah, progress. <laughs> You betcha, baby. You betcha. What about you? You've been you've been going and blowing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went. Uh, we're trying an embryo transfer this year for the first time, and so took the mare. Had to drive three hours to the vet for that. And uh, when I got there, I was really excited because he's like, "Oh, I think we have twins," and. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Well, then as we did the flesh, no viable embryos. So, um, so we'll have to start again. So that pretty much took, I seen a few patients this morning and then, um, yeah. And then pretty much took the whole rest of my day. And then I get home and I'm like, oh, I have to get my chores done. And I had to, I have an inpatient horse right now. And so I had to exercise her and we have a horse that had OCD surgery of our own and so I had to exercise him. And so, yeah, just running a little bit behind tonight. So not a big, not too no bad. No worries. No worries. I was, <laughs> I was planning on taking an actual shower and looking a little more presentable, but <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> so I'm still picking hay off. We've been feeding, <laughs> we've been unrolling round bales because they're cheaper you know, yeah. and the, hell, you got hay, you got hay everywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. All right. So, um, hey, welcome everybody. It's Becky Pearson with uh, Pearson Physical Therapy, Pivot Point Equine and Rider Rehab, Pivot Point of View Podcast. I don't know. I, I think I can, I don't know if I can get possibly any more peas in everything that I'm in. Um, but tonight I am joined by Farley Schweigert, right? Am I pronouncing that right? Okay. Yes. All right. So, um, and so Farley and I have never met in person. We uh, met through social media and um, she is another physical therapist and she also does some physical therapy with horses and um, but I'm going to let her tell her story of who Farley is. And um, so take it away. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Becky, for having me on your podcast. And I'm a big fan of alliteration. So we can put all the P's in there that we need to because I, <laughs> I do alliterations when I'm naming things. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. And that may be a, <laughs> that may be a sign of I don't know, not intelligence or maybe it's high intelligence. I don't know, but we'll, we'll go with high intelligence. 
So okay. yeah. Um, okay. So Farrell's story. So I'm a physical therapist. I graduated PT school in 2008. I um, went the traditional route. I went to I did Oklahoma. I went to Oklahoma State uh, for my undergrad and got a bachelor's degree in animal science. From the time I was in fourth grade to the time I was a freshman at Oklahoma State, I was going to be a vet. I'm going to be a horse vet. I worked for my uncle, who's a vet. I did all the vet care we had at the house. I was going to be a vet. And then I got to Oklahoma State. I was having a good time. I wasn't letting uh, school get in the way of my education. And uh, <laughs> I decided I didn't want to be a horse vet. <laughs> I didn't want to be on call because I knew if I chose that route in my life that I would work hard and be the best vet I could be. And um my favorite horse vets don't work with their own horses and my own horses are still very important to me. So I, um, I was cruising around and was president of Horseman's association was on the spirit rider team. I bled orange was doing all the things and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> so my, my parents are both teachers and uh, my dad's an act teacher. And uh, one day I was driving him to physical therapy. He had uh, three surgeries on his rope and shoulder in the span of 10 months. And uh, I was driving him. He was building a greenhouse, one armed that summer. And I was driving him to physical therapy. And I didn't know why in the world I was driving him to physical therapy. His leg wasn't broke. He could drive himself. And uh, he said, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, you know, tears started flowing. I was like, I don't know, maybe, you know, he had some roper buddies that, you know, they were pharmacists, their wives were, and like, maybe I'll go to pharmacy school. Maybe I'll go to PT school. I don't know. And uh, so anyway, I applied to PT school at Arkansas State and got in and uh, came home from Oklahoma. I'm originally from Arkansas, went to PT school um my dad my dad having those shoulder surgeries is why I went because his PT got him back to the rope pin it wasn't it yes his surgeon fixed everything but it was his PT that got him back um to roping at a high level and uh, and his PT didn't know horses didn't know rodeo but he worked real hard to understand it and ask questions and dad would take things up there and they would work through his shoulder rehab and so I went to PT school at Arkansas State and uh, went in as one of the ortho girls, right? I wanted to do outpatient orthopedics. That's what I wanted to do. That's how I do it. And, uh, and went on from there. While I was at school, I uh, had to do a thesis. Obviously, you're in grad school. You've got to do some research. And so I did some research and in hippotherapy, which is physical, which is taking clients and putting them on the horse. So we're not teaching them how to ride, but we're doing PT with them on the horse, as you well know. And uh, because I knew if I had to work that hard at research after helping collect data when I was an undergrad, that it had to be involved with the horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I helped start <laughs> I helped start the hippotherapy program at Arkansas State. And uh, it's still going to this day. And uh, went from there. So um, also while I was in PT school, I um, 
I didn't have a lot of money. And I think nobody's shocked by that, but I had bought this horse uh, and I was teaching him to run barrels. I can bought him pretty cheap and uh, um, he's a real kind horse. He's a real nervous horse. And, uh, you know, that's what, 2008. So, you know, early 2000s when in uh, horse vet med, if they're stopping on their front end or they need their hawks injected, that's what they need, you know, coming out of the nineties, you know, that. So I would load up and go to the vet. I go, okay, doc, I know this is what he needs. Da, la, 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 la. <laughs> he tests him, he flexes him, he trots him. And he goes, no, it's not. I was like, what? And uh, if you looked at this horse, Becky, he, um, it was like two different horses connected to the same spine. Mm-hmm. And uh, his hip had atrophied so much, it didn't even look like the same horse. And, you know, as owners, you know this, I know this, we get barn blind to our own horses. That's why we need a team of people around us. I, I, I still struggle with it with my own horses. You, you show up with your horse, I'm going to tell you, A, B, C, D, my own horse, I'm going to be like, hey, <laughs> he's fine. He's my horse. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh <laughs> so I was like okay doc what do we do what do we do and he just Becky he looks at me I'm in the middle of PT school and he says you know more about soft tissue than I do you go figure it out and tell me what you did I was like wait what because I'd always been the good little girl that did all the bad instructions to the T I can I can outwrap you I can do whatever mm-hmm. and uh my ortho professor at school had worked on the trotter track in Sweden. And so he knew a little bit about horses. And uh, so <laughs> we rehabbed him. And that was, in the, that was in the beginning of laptops being in the classroom. And, and you still had the video camera that, you know, you had your own bag for and you still held it up. But at any rate, I would, I would take videos. His name was Poncho. I'd take videos of Poncho and I'd go to school and I'd be like, okay, this is what I did. This is, and we would just make a plan. And, and I got rehabbed. Um, I got introduced to acupressure at that point in time and different things. And I, I got him rehabbed and he was successful for his level of, of athleticism. And uh, so that, that was how I started rehabbing horses. And uh, I was, of course, into orthopedics, and uh, I got out of school, and uh, I was like, well, let's see what this Justin uh, sports medicine thing is, you know, I I can do, I can do rodeo, I can do whatever, so I googled, I don't even know if google was a thing then, but I got on the (laughs) internet, and I googled um, mobile sports medicine, because that was the entity that was providing a bunch of athletic trainers and the physical therapists for Justin Rodeo Sports Medicine at the time. And I found a gal in Oklahoma City that was a PT and an ATC. And uh, I researched her and she happened to own her own clinic. And so somehow I got the nerve to call her and say, hey, are you hiring? (laughs) She had no job opening or whatever. She has me come out to do an interview. She hires me. She didn't need another physical therapist in. She wasn't planning on putting another physical therapist in. And she just, 
she hires me and I'm in this job interview and she goes, how did you find out about me? And my best friend from college lived out there. Mm-hmm. And she said, how are you going to professionally tell this lady that you stalked her on the internet and you found her <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to, how are you, how are you going to pull this off? And so I just was honest. I was like, well, <laughs> and I came up with something and, and told her the truth. And months later, she told me, I, she's like, I just liked you so much. I, I didn't need another PT at the time. So I, I worked at several clinics um, throughout central Oklahoma for about eight years, um, doing outpatient orthopedics. I love, I love the orthopedic side. Uh, um, you know, I, I love, um, you know, a lot of people go to school for the sports med and they think that's super shiny. I want to go work with football. I want to go work with athletes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoy working with people who want to work hard. And if that is that basket weaving, giddy up, let's go do that. <laughs> Um, you know, if that's at hunter jumper, pleasure horses, whatever it is, I thoroughly enjoy working with people who want to work at, at whatever their goals are. And so I just kind of, I don't know, I, I gained some skills through my journey and then I, I felt called to move home after eight years of being in central Oklahoma. And so I came home. My research mentor, Roy Aldrich, is who I helped start the hippotherapy program with at Arkansas State. And uh, after a year, I was kind of burned out, to be honest. I was tired. Even though I love orthopedics, I was tired because I kept finding the same job at the same, it was, it was the same song, different verse. And I was tired and I was burned out. And I was like, oh, I'll go work at this rural hospital and start working on my side projects more. It's only to be the shortest commute I've ever had. And it'll be fine. It'll be fine. How stressful can a rural hospital be? Well, turns out I was wrong about that. And it can be pretty stressful when you don't have uh, uh, support, um, you know, with other employees. And uh, so Roy, my... uh, he and I had been friends, like we stayed friends over those 13 years, and he had been re-diagnosed with cancer, and it had spread um, from his colon to his liver and his brain, and uh, the dean, I was the GA for the dean when I was in school, and so she and Roy called me and said, hey, why don't you come work with us, and so I went to Arkansas State, and uh and I, and I do believe that was a reason I was called home was to get to spend the last year uh, with Roy. And so um, I, uh, I hung out with him and helped him teach his classes and uh, he passed the second semester I was there. And so I, um, uh, after, after he'd passed, we just kind of uh, kept going. And so I took the hippotherapy program that he had grown since I left school and we grew it again. And so I'm, I'm still there right now and uh, running the hippotherapy program, which is a um, DPT and an OTD student, basically student-led clinic. Um, wow. And we run four horses at a time and see about 12 patients and um, do the whole thing and a deal. And uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of the story of how I got to be a PT. <laughs> I love it. I love hearing about um, 
why other PTs got into the profession. And yeah, you hear a lot of times, yeah, they go into it for the sports med side of things. They were an athlete, so they got injured. And, and um, I'm a little like you, I didn't have the same experience. I, um, you know, I hadn't been injured. I hadn't ever had physical therapy myself, but I really liked the idea of helping people. So um, I'm, I'm glad there's somebody else out there that was on a little bit different path than the normal as well. So you, did you do some work with the Justin sports medicine, or do you still do some work with the Justin sports medicine team? Um, yes. So I, I worked with the Justin sports medicine team for several years and then ended up kind of, um, there's, uh, there's a couple other programs out there besides Justin. And so now I just really work with, um, the rodeo sports medicine team. And, uh, and that's, um, I've worked anywhere. I've worked the, um, uh, the Ram national circuit finals and the, um, national steer roping finals. Um, I've worked the Pendleton roundup. I worked timed event, timed event, the timed event championship in Guthrie is my all time favorite even over Pendleton and I, I can tell you I can tell you everything there is to know about Pendleton I've done the whole thing in the deal I know all the history all the details and I will run there one day and I will rope there like that's that is on my bucket list I, mean, I do think for some reason I do think I'm cowgirl enough to do that I don't know but right now I still think I'm cowgirl enough to do that well, I've never roped there, but, but I uh, have run barrels so there I've, now a few times. It It is like when you are getting ready to run, like it is a total gut check, like man alive, you know, it, it is, uh, there's no greater thrill, um, but it is, it's hard on your horses. I, I have, you know, w- went out there three times and, uh, come back once with a crippled horse, not from the run, but he kicked over a panel out there. And then once from, uh, got pretty hawk sore, um, with some of the stuff that we did in preparation for it. So you live and learn, maybe the next time I go, I'll come home with a healthy horse. So, but yeah, you have to do it, Farley. It is, it is cool. Oh man. And probably my favorite thing about Pendleton are the three days of slack. Like, I just like, I I think I like that even better than the performance, even though there's no other performance like that. I just like sitting out on the grass and watching. I mean, I I really think that rodeo and timed events, and and I learned this by watching Pendleton, even though I've grown up doing this, um, it's just a test of horsemanship. And that happens in any arena and any rodeo you go to. But because the factors at Pendleton are so different, your holes in your horsemanship game show up so much quicker and just, I mean, just poof. And it doesn't matter whether you're roping or running barrels, but oh gosh, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, we're the queen of the 4D right now, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely on the bucket list. <laughs> Once, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> I should have Snapchatted you my uh, picture of my 4D diva on the theraplay with a swollen ankle earlier this week, and I was like, "Really?" 
really. Like, it's okay if you start pulling down real checks. We'll put up with this. It's not okay right now. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of room to go up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And we do. We do. We started in 10D. So we're back. We're up to the 4D. So we've made a lot of improvements. <laughs> So we're, we are moving on up. (laughs) I feel your pain. I have a five-year-old right now that is um, progressing, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just, you want to get in a 10 and you want to get in a hurry and it just, that's not going to get you where you want to be. So you just gotta, I don't know. I have to give myself that speech all the time and, trying to trying to get in a hurry is not gonna is not gonna get you there any faster so mm-hmm. I would rather have a, a broke sane horse that um, can do things than to blow there there's plenty of them that are blown up and that's not fair to them because they do this because only because we ask them to yeah yeah for sure so where do you think feel like the next um, five years go for you I, I, that's maybe unfair. I didn't prep you with that question earlier, but <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm rolling. I'm here for it. Um, you know, I think, um, I think it sees me moving back to Oklahoma pretty soon. And, um, I'm in the process of rebooting my podcast writer's edge, um, along with starting a new project called uh, rural MedX. And, uh, I really want to get into, I want to continue in the space of horse and rider health and wellness, but I really want to get into the space of treating and helping people in the rural and agricultural communities with, with their health, with their musculoskeletal health, with even just health literacy of understanding what um, some of these issues are and talking to people um, I tell my students all the time, you got to take medical speak to street speak, um, mm-hmm. and, and really t- helping people understand, um, their health and their different choices. And, uh, you know, I know I was, I was starting to record this week for that project as well and getting ready to, to get it off the ground. And people aren't, people aren't talking about this and, uh, people in rural America, people who um, work in the agricultural sector, whether you're farming or ranching or doing anything in between on those spectrums, they are um, tough, hardy people. That, um, and we use the word, <laughs> Becky, we use the word determined, not hard-headed. Um, <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep trying to coach people about this. Um, <laughs> and are very determined <laughs> people who um, just want to do what they love. They want to do their job. They're very passionate about what they do. They want to do that. They want to, even as they age, they want to stay in their homes. They don't want to have to move to town. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, it, people aren't. We have to meet each other where we ch- where we are at. And that's, um, and I think to be a successful therapist, to be successful at anything, whether you're training horses 
um, or coaching somebody, but particularly in therapy and what we're talking about tonight, you have to, you have to meet the other person where they are at. And I don't think that's getting met in the rural and ag communities. And I think it takes somebody with the same background that understands that, um, we don't have the money to go buy the auger to go set fence posts. We're still, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. still pounding the T post in <laughs> with a driver and, uh, you know, and, and just different things like that. Um, but also in a way that is respectful and dignified as we age in place mm-hmm. so that we can help these people stay and um, be with their families and continue to be, um, happy with their lives. So I think, I think it's a combination of those two things, you know, and getting into maybe a little bit of a mobile practice, um, you know, throughout Oklahoma and the, um, Southern Plains there. Um, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think that's what I'm really called to do. And that is different than the standard outpatient clinic that a lot of these people that if they have gone, they've more than likely not had a good experience. They've been treated mm-hmm. as a, um, by a therapist that may or may not any fault of their own. I, I don't, I like supporting other therapists as well in our profession, um, but because of the way our healthcare systems have been checking boxes and mm-hmm. not meeting that person where they're at and what they need to do. Um, so I, I don't know, I think, I think that is, I think that's a big part of the next five years. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to probably teach another year at Arkansas State. Um, I I wish my crystal ball wasn't cracked and broken. Um, (laughs) I wish that a lot about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I can't ever find that dang thing. But uh, (laughs) doing that and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to make horses. I have to, um, I have to make my own horses. I can't. Um, I haven't figured out how to buy them to play at the level that I choose to play at or would like to play mm-hmm. at. And so, you know, working on my horsemanship and continuing to make horses. Um, I just, I want to rope and run barrels and help people that want to be helped. And if I could do, if I could do those three things, life would be great. <laughs> I think that sounds like a great plan. Uh, I, I love your idea of mobile practice and really uh, specializing with those real determined people. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I think I I love it. It is, um, they're probably my favorite uh, type of client as well. You know, the salt of the earth type of people that, um, you know, you get them back to doing what they need to do, love to do, and they're forever grateful. And um, I love to hear you know, how they go about doing things and their determination to get back in the tractor, to go feed the cattle, to, you know, get back on the horse, to, you know, go out and, and check the cow, you know, the cows during calving season. And, you know, I mean, just all of that stuff, it is, it is out of necessity that they have to be out there, but they love it. And so, um, they wouldn't do it if they didn't love it. Cause Lord knows it doesn't pay that well. So, um, they have to love it. So I, all right. It fills my bucket and my heart to help people get back to doing that. And, and um, so I think we're on the kind of on the same page with with that philosophy of helping those types of people get back there. So that I think that sounds like a great plan. And 
mobile practice. I think you are right on track. The brick and mortars building, it is, it, it's a lot of overhead. So you got to turn a lot of do dollars to make that work. So yeah, I'm excited for you. Yeah. There's I anything mean, I can do I to mean. help you. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I really want to get <laughs> this idea really came from one of my other Facebook friends. I knew her as a kid, but anyway, she has a, you know, a mobile, you know, those big box trucks and mobile, she has a mobile dog grooming business. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I can get one of those big old box trucks, put a table in there and go, you know, drive to, you know, I'm going to be in small town a on Monday and Wednesday mornings yep. and here's my clinic. So, um, mobile mobile but kind of maybe more brick and mortar with a little bit more expense i don't know but a mobile brick and mortar maybe <laughs> but yeah. yeah something i don't know something like that yeah no, I, I think that's a great idea a lot of times i put a portable massage bed in my horse trailer and um you know i'll let people know hey i'm gonna be at such and such event and um let me know if you need anything and that that's also been really fun to do it sometimes gets a little challenging to balance that with trying to compete yourself or like if my kids are competing you know um it it is a little challenging to juggle that you know hey uh, hold on a minute my kid's gonna run barrels here i gotta go watch that and then i'll be back you know but um it it is fun because i do feel like the people in the western lifestyle um you know, we are very independent people. We want to do it ourselves, but so many times we don't know what we need to do. And so I feel like that's where uh, someone like you and I can come in and help guide those people through the process and give them direction where to go. They don't need to be babysat and seen three times a week. A lot of the times they just need direction and tell them, this is what I think you need to do to get better. And man, they'll just run with it and they'll do great. You know, it, when they see the benefit, it, they could just take off with it gangbusters. And, and that's really cool to give somebody the independence from their pain, you know, show them what they need to do so they can get out of pain. And, and that is, that's fun. That is really fun to watch. You know, it, it's really fun to watch and it's even, I don't know, for me, it's also more satisfying not being in um, the professional norm of three times four or whatever. You know, I found that I've always been like that. I've always kind of um, really tried to meet somebody where they're at, you know, and, and when you're in a traditional PT clinic, you've, you have so many factors to balance, right? You have to factor in their insurance and their benefits, you know, you're not, it, it's not, it's not that simple, but when I was at the rural hospital here in Arkansas, I had a, we had an eval come in and it was during harvest and it was a farmer and is, you know, he's having low back pain. He was having tractor back <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I evaluated, I evaluated him and um, I do um, I do a lot of the um, fun orthopedic skills, um, grade five mobilizations or manipulations along with dry needling and, and other things. And that day I had, uh, I had um, manipulated him and given him two stretches to do. 
and he was like okay you know and he was explaining to me what he does and I was like I mean I've, I've never been on harvest but I've been around enough people with harvest and, and understand um I've stayed in the animal agricultural side um more but I I, I understand and I said look call me go go back to work like call me I I, yeah. I don't I don't need you don't have time nor nor do I need to see you if you I mean because he got off the table and he just was 100% better and that doesn't happen in every case but it does happen some mm-hmm. and and that is that is the healthcare that that gentleman needed and you know 3 weeks later he called and he said hey can we do that I can't outstretch us right now and we've still we've got you know three more weeks of this before I'm done. And I was like, sure, just run by. And we did that. And, and that was it. And that was, you know, not, that would be very stressful to a lot of therapists to mm-hmm. do that that mm-hmm. way. And, and PT sometimes, um, instead of helping people spend more time arguing about what good care is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, if, if that got him out of pain and got him more mobile and got him to do whatever, then we helped improve his health that day. And if we do some small steps of helping improve health, then, you know, the next step may be bigger or a combination of several small steps may ward off something large later in life. And so I think um, as this world gets to be more challenging and uh, we, we have not, we've not gotten to the bottom of the health care crisis in my opinion <laughs> yet I think uh, COVID staved off what was already coming um, for a little mm-hmm. while and now that we're off of that we we will see that and and I don't and I'm dang sure no my crystal ball is broken about that we, we don't know what's going to happen when that day comes yeah. and how we rebuild from that so my big thing is let's meet people where they are help them with something small if it's educating somebody that they need to drink more water and they finally understand that uh you know if they drink more water their joints are more lubricated if their joints are more lubricated they can take less ibuprofen and if if that changes and over years that's going to add up you know Mm -hmm. i i mean Mm -hmm. for me as i'm working my own health journey i read a uh from an ag with a how do you say that an ag advocate yesterday that I follow because um, it's like national ag week right now and uh she was right she was writing ag facts and Becky she wrote on there that pigs can run a mile in seven minutes <laughs> and you know the average human can run a mile in seven to ten minutes well this average human cannot run a mile in 10 minutes right now and so I was like oh no we gotta change this so now I'm on a big mission that I've got to be able to outrun a pig I don't even own pigs I don't I'm not ever around them but I was offended as all get out yesterday when I read this so uh, and I, I don't like running. I hate running. I always tell people I only run if there's a grizzly bear chasing me. But now I'm going to learn how to run. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, and it is so like we do have to practice what we preach. You know, it is um, 
I'm the same way. I don't really like to run, but man, there are just times where I feel like like walking isn't cutting it for me. And I, you know, and I, if I run, I do like, I run for like a minute and a half, two minutes, and then I walk and, you know, I'm 48 years old. I am not going to go run a marathon or half marathon. I have no dreams of doing that by my 50th birthday. I hope to be sitting on a beach with a margarita, you know, when I'm 50 instead of running a marathon. So, um, but I do think we do have to have our own uh, journey of health and wellness, and and um, it's it's a never-ending path, you know, and it it's something we all have to keep working on. And I think it's okay. Um to have a team to help us with that. You know, I work with, um, uh, Doug champion and champion, uh, uh, champion fitness, uh, out Mm -hmm. of Colorado, because I, for me working in this profession, instead of just working and moving, I would judge what I was doing. Like Mm -hmm. I would try to Mm -hmm. PT myself in my own brain Mm -hmm. instead of just, Mm -hmm. just moving and doing, and getting out of my own head and so kind of like the barn blind we talked about earlier um, with our own horses I I think we can Mm -hmm. get that way because I like being active and doing things with my horses but I've never Mm -hmm. aspired to be a runner my my little GA that she uh she's run countless marathons and she's gotten into trail running and then these crazy like 50 K's and now she's bought a mountain bike I, I, I sent her out on a clinical in Oregon and and I saw, she sent me a Snapchat of now she's getting into mountain biking and, you know, just listening to her study and research that and everything that she works on with that. It's, um, it's really neat. Cause it's the same thing we do with our horses, the exact same thing. But I think, um, I don't know. I think everybody, everybody needs somebody in their corner mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. and through their healthcare in order to yeah. help them. It's not any different than our horses. It, it really isn't, you know, people joke that, oh, well, they're figuring out how to replace every joint in the body. So I'll just get new joints when I wear this mm-hmm. one out. And that is an option. We live in, you know, we, we are blessed to live in the um, greatest medical advances that there's ever been in human history. We really are. But mm-hmm. that is um, maybe not, maybe doesn't need to be the first option because it's, uh, yeah. It is a major, it is the most major surgery, no matter what joint we're talking about. It's a final, it's a final deal. You're getting an artificial joint. And uh, with the way that we have not been able to um, either curve or regulate healthcare costs in this country, um, it's, it's not a, financially, it's not a walk in the park either. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, let's, small steps equal forward motion. Let's, let's do a little bit to maybe be a little bit better. It doesn't mean I'm never going to go run a 50 K through trails with Jessica. I'm not going to do it. Um, have no desire to do it. You're not going to get me in those cute little running pants. Um, but, uh, um, <laughs> but, you know, let's, let's do better. I am the last two runs I made on my 40 diva. I'm, blowing stirrups right now and I don't ever <laughs> blow stirrups 
Um, so I'm going to go work on, you know, getting better for that. Um, because I've never mm -hmm. had a horse with this big of a frame and, and he just has a different feel and a different momentum than my little cow ponies that just did, you know, a four by four drive around the barrels. And so, um, I've got to go get more fit to be better for him because, uh, cute little farls does not blow, does not blow stirrups. <laughs> um she she works real hard on the riding to not do things like that so so that's a that's a physical deal and a timing deal so we're gonna go work on that yeah 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 and those you know those horses will make you better you know um phil phil haugen i love love his stuff and um you know he talks about that, that you learn the most from some of those horses that challenge you the most and whether it's a good challenge or a bad and and that's you know, having a, a real big, powerful athletic horse challenged me physically to work on my riding, my fitness level. Um, cause if I am not strong, he leaves me behind. And if I'm not strong mentally too, you know, I get left behind and I ride like crud, you know, when, when that happens and I, you know, we're competitive, we don't want to ride like crap. So, um, you have to, yeah, it, it's a motivation to keep us uh, moving forward. And so, yeah, I think that's a good plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this horse is, he's 16-1 and he's big framed and, and uh, you know, he just, he has a different move and a different feel. And, you know, like we talked about the other week, um, you know, and, and talking about we have to do, we have to practice what we preach. Well, um, I have this issue. I, I think I'm Superman sometimes. I think I'm Clark Kent. And things I work on with other people don't apply to me. Not because I'm better than anybody else. They just don't apply to me. I don't, I don't have a, I don't think I have a superiority complex. I just um, kind of like my horse isn't hurt because it's my horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go help you with your horse, but I'll have to work on mine. Um, I do the same thing and I, and I hate being human, but even I'm still working through my pelvic imbalance, you know, mm -hmm. and it makes me angry. Like I, I'm my right side of my pelvis because I'm working on that psoas muscle, you know, that real deep uh, muscle that, you know, really works. Um, that just, it's a big part of your core. We don't talk about that much because mm -hmm. of where it's located, but um, it has not worked right for years because, um, I have a Superman complex. Like we'll just, we'll just, <laughs> we'll, we'll call me out right here. But, um, <laughs> it's just, and I'm like, well, I've been working on it for a while. Why isn't it fixed? You know, it got mm -hmm. super mm -hmm. sore through there the other night because I was specifically targeting that because mm -hmm. if you don't have just like on our horses on getting saddle fit right and and getting their body balanced when we're doing horsemanship things and making sure they're on their hind end and it's pushing us forward our hips have got to be balanced um mm -hmm. for us to ride well to not inhibit our horses absolutely yeah I think that's a great point uh, for sure. Any little tips that you think, um, that you wish people knew, like if you could tell a, a rider one thing to keep themselves healthier 
happier, riding better, what would it be? Make sure your core and your SI are balanced. This is the only sport in the world where our foundation is at our pelvis. You could argue that bike riding is the same way, but you know, bikes are tiny little seats and two wheels and and uh, at the end of the day, it's not another animal underneath you mm -hmm. that you're mm -hmm. affecting their health as well. And mm -hmm. so making sure you are healthy in your pelvis and in your core, I think is, is probably the number one tip I would, I would give to riders. Um, I, I, the rest of it, the rest, I, I almost feel like the rest of it would come. I mean, it's almost like field of dreams here. If you build it, it'll come like the rest of it's mm -hmm. just details and mm -hmm. it's not, it's not sexy. Um, it's hard work. It's not fun. Um, or at least, um, <laughs> it's not always fun for me. Um, and, <laughs> and I, uh, you know, try to work at it. So it's, um, I don't know. I, I think that'd be the number one tip. I would, I would say, and probably my second piece of advice would be for writers is to, you've only got to be better than you were yesterday. You know, like I've, um, I, I'm very fortunate to be good friends with Donna K. Rule and go, I get to go out on the road with her at different times when my schedule allows um, and all the conversations we've had over the years and, and watching her and how she conducts herself with valor and everything. And, and I, I've really learned from her that it's really about you and your horse and what you can do in those conditions and everything else is just noise. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just noise. And, and I don't think, and I, I think in this age of social media and we're trying to push the Western industry forward and move it along. Um, and in some aspects, I think it's really great. I really do. But in other aspects, I wonder if we're getting too busy and we're getting a little bit far away from our core and our foundation. And so it's really about you and your horse and your goals. And did you achieve what you needed to that day at that competition? Um, or did you, you know, if you're moving to a professional level, did you um, prepare and perform to the best of your ability with the situation that you were presented with? And, and after that, you know, the rest of it's out of your control. The chips fall where they may. You can only um, worry about what you can control and working on yourself and being better than you were um, and, and correcting the things that need to be corrected um, is the only thing. The rest of it's just noise. I think that's a great, great spot to do a mic drop. <laughs> And uh, I think that's a great point. Yeah. You, everybody's journey is a little different and um, you just have to make sure that you're getting just a little bit better than yesterday. I think wise words, Farley, wise words. Sure. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's interesting where we get, how we get to, to some of these places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. 
Well, hey, I'm going to let you go tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. And um, so if people want to connect with you, how can they, how can they reach you? Sure. Um, Writer's Edge uh, Therapy and Wellness. I'm on both Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have a website, writer, writersedgetherapy.com. You can reach out to me there. Um, but any either of those places on social media are pretty easy. You can just direct message me there. Um, if you want to reach out and connect, I would love to have a conversation. I, I, um, I love having conversations about things that that I'm passionate about or, or about, um, you know, what you're passionate about, you know, so, um, let's, let's kind of have a conversation and, and go from there. So I've really, uh, enjoyed tonight, Becky, and thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for joining us and, and we will, what is your line? We'll see you down the road. Is that <laughs> steal your yes. line? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't have a tagline. <laughs> My girls keep telling me you have to come we'll up come up with one. Yeah, we'll have to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a great night and thanks again, Farley. Thanks, Becky. All right. Make sure you go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to Pivot Point Equine and Rider Rehab. This will help you get notifications for any free content that we upload with tips on how to keep your horses healthy and winning for you, as well as keeping yourself pain-free and enjoying what you love to do. So check us out on YouTube at Pivot Point Equine and Rider Rehab and make sure you hit that subscribe button.